Hello everyone and welcome to your Uncle's Beach House episode 44. I'm Jackson, I'm joined by Emma as usual. You count the medals one, two, and three. You do do that. <laughs> We're joined by a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Nick. I'm the person who suggested we do a common writer show, which is probably a mistake, but let's do it. Uh, yeah, no, we're here to watch Kamen Rider Odes, which we have done, um, as an experiment. You, like, I don't know, you, you came to us and were like, I don't know about this, I, I think I'd like it, but we were like, uh, maybe, this will be an experiment. If it doesn't work, we just won't do a Toku show again. I also stupid, <laughs> I do not know about this, I don't know. Uh, let's yep. try that. Uh, <sighs> yeah, so we watched the first 28 episodes of, uh, Kamen Rider Odes, we couldn't do all 50, uh, because that's too much, too much Toki. Um, but we watched half a Kamen Rider Rose. Well, more than half, because it's only 48. Next time we got a, a oh, smooth 20, we can like watch the movie or some shit. It'll be great. Yeah, I want to see, like, oh, is there not a movie in the first half? And there was no, was, there was, they were doing like three Dano movies that year. Um, and oh. so it just didn't didn't fall to to O's to get a movie in the early goings. Yeah, there's a crossover movie with Double, but that would mean you would have to watch Double, and I'm not going to force you guys to... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, at some point, I want to watch the other one, because I know there's one that ha is like the first Forza appearance, and I have, I've never seen that one. I just... Um, I just watched Forza when I watched it. I, I tend to just watch the, the show and not the movies, um, typically. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when, when I watched them, um, I've only seen one other Toku thing, and this was uh, the Super Sentai Tokuja. And I, I watched the movies there, uh, but not the crossover ones. <laughs> oh, you didn't watch You didn't watch the incredibly weird guy? Oh, that episode's so film. good! <laughs> I didn't know, no, because the guy is one of the ones I actually do really want to watch. Yeah, yeah, you should, yeah you, you, it is one of the ones you really want to watch. <laughs> Yep, uh, for an obvious reason. But yeah, so we watched those, um, and I guess we'll start with like. What I will. Ulibara, I will introduce those if you don't know what Common Rider is. How about Go that? Because there might be people who don't know what Common Rider is. Common Rider. Start with our Common Rider. Uh, just experience generally. I would like to introduce what Common Rider is first as an idea. Okay. Uh, Common Rider is a tokusatsu show, which means people in costumes doing cool martial arts shit. Usually, I mean, kaiju is tokusatsu. So I guess it doesn't have to be martial arts shit, but just sci-fi, uh, special effects kind of shows. Uh, this started in the seventies with Common Rider, which is a great show. Uh, and there was like, it kept, it's kept going. There was a big gap in the like eighties and nineties. I think eighties is when Kamen Rider kind of went. Oh, it was uh, in the nineties. Um, yeah, eighty nine is when in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then came back in the Heisei era and has not, basically not gone away since. This uh, Kamen Rider O's is the twelfth series in the Heisei era. Uh, this aired it started airing in September of twenty ten. The title Kamen Rider O's that's three let capital letter O. O's in a row, uh, is meant to, one, it's like the medals that he puts in his thing, but also Ozu is Japanese for king, um, so, you know. Also, it's an infinity symbol, but one more, one more than infinity. Uh, Ideon, maybe you've heard of it. Yes. <laughs> There's, yeah, a lot of, a lot of meanings going on here, and they're all ridiculous. They're all just fantastic. <laughs> um... But yeah, that's that's the one we watched. I have um I have not watched a Kamen Rider before. I I have experienced some of them like through my friend's tweets. I'm not like completely uh, uh ignorant of Kamen Rider's ways, but I've not sat down and watched a Kamen Rider show myself until today. Uh, 
I watched the original Common Rider, which I like despite a lot of its problems. One, it's 100 episodes long, and that's too much. Yeah. And it doesn't have an overarching plot, basically, because it's from the 71. But, you know, it's good. Um, and I've seen uh, Gaim and Forza all the way through. And I've seen about 10 episodes of X8, Kuga, and Zero One before this. <laughs> but I had the bad habit of... Um, I was, like, trying to watch them, like, one after the other and just would, like... I just got tired of it's common. Common writers kind of Toku's got the thing where it's for it's for children and like bored twenty somethings, and it's the same thing every episode. So uh, if you don't, if you're not naturally inclined to it, sacking them up one after another uh, gets you a little worn out of the formula of these kind of shows. Yes, uh, not particularly um, like thematically ambitious because it's a show for children. Yeah, we just gotta sell yes. those toys every week. Uh, they're pretty cool. They are they, awesome they toys. I, I have so many. <laughs> I have like seventy percent of the Astro switches for Forza and the belt, so uh, I understand the appeal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Forza belt is so cool. It uh, is cool. So many buttons. Um, um, but Oz is one of those that, like, I know that people like. Like, it's not like. It's not like Wizard, which like no one I know likes. Everyone's like, don't watch Wizard. Wizard sucks. Um, but I don't feel, I don't hear people like talk it up that much. So I, I kind of went into it not knowing anything about it other than the O's stood for medals. I knew that was true. Um, I think that's because yeah. of our friend Crass Pants talking about the toys, I think is probably how that happened. Uh, it's for me, I, I watched, you know, I come write a channel uploaded like, here's all the uh, Heisei openings. I just watched that at one point. Oh, okay. And. Uh, you know, it's it starts out, it tells you to count the medals one, two, and three, and I'm like, oh, the medals, O's, oh, okay, um, and so that's kind of what I knew was the theme tune for a while. Which is a pretty good theme. Yeah, uh, this is a very good theme. This is, I feel like this theme is, I, I listen to the theme, I'm like, oh, this is Jackson Bait. <laughs> it's yeah, it's not my favorite of the um of the OPs, and I I have not uh you know I haven't watched the show, so I'm only going off like listening to them a couple times, which is not the best way to judge OPs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I think Just Live More is my favorite of the uh, comrades. Just Live More is pretty good. I like Zero One as well. That's yeah. a, that's that's a banger. Um, but this one's great too. And uh, yeah, so the show itself is like about okay. <laughs> so eight hundred years ago, uh, the ancient greed, scientists ancient scientists invented the greed. Uh, well, it originally is positioned as like before there were the greed, and the greed have returned uh, to uh, the modern age and realize that uh, humans have evolved. Uh, yes. Then, about 16 episodes in, uh, <laughs> the main character, AG, is like, hang on, 800 years ago? That's not that long ago. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so, so, ancient scientists took all the categories of animal and con- like condensed their powers into metals. And there's like 10 of each set or whatever. Um, and they didn't do any. They're like, oh, well, we, we made like a rhinoceros coin. We thought it'd do something sick and it doesn't do anything. So, I guess we'll just destroy these. And what they did, I guess they decided to do is destroy one out of each set in a row they didn't just destroy all of them at once and when they destroyed one of each set the nine of them realizing that their like set was incomplete gained like a sentience and a desire for completion that formed into the greed which are the big boss monsters yes like when they were just in metal form and were like perfect they just were because that's i guess what can't write O's vision of a perfect being is but as soon as they remain incomplete then they gained desire and gained i guess greed <laughs> Uh, yes, and so they want to collect the medals to become whole again. 
Um, and then the ancient people also then built O's to defeat them, right? Yeah, like, yes, that was the, the, was the yeah. They built O's. It was the ancient king who commissioned the medals in the first place. Uh, and O's is a common writer. Uh, I mean, it's a common writer because the uh, in the modern day they've built like a metal system for the Kogami Corporation that can turn into bikes. But O's itself is just a powerful suit that uses uses the metals. Uh, so long as you have three any any three metals, you can use the power of the metals to fight the greed. Uh, and 800 years ago, I guess, everyone was sealed away. Uh, the show begins with them waking up and coming back and reforming. Uh, there's a bunch of greed, but the, uh, there's an aberrant one, which is Ankh, who only uh, comes back as a hand and is using O's to collect uh, the coins and try to get his own medals back. Uh, and they've kind of made an uneasy alliance against the rest of the greed, uh, because the O's power passed to Hino Eiji, who is a dumb guy in the tradition of shonen dumb guys, uh, who just wants to help people while everyone else is having a secret evil war around him, and he's kind of ignoring them. Eiji <laughs> is like an, a kind of interesting dumb guy to me because he is. It's not that he's, I don't think he, like, the guy in, the guy in Gaim is like a, a truly like just idiot and like a loser. This guy, AG's like chosen this life. He's like a, he's, he's like a vagabond, but there's like no romance. So he's just like, I'm kind of going around doing my thing. Um, he ends up being like a, almost like a Chaplin-esque tramp character, uh, in that like, he just goes around. He's like, all I need is a, the next pair of underwear I'm going to wear. And he has, he, he likes his colorful underwear that he tries to take care of really nicely as he bounces from job to job. Um, you never know when it. death will meet you, so you must yes. always be wearing a good pair of pants. <laughs> this is true. Uh, it's AG's, AG's like uh, father's lesson to him. What is it? His grandfather? His uh, grandfather. Uh, grandfather. His grandfather's lesson to him. Uh, and that's why he's always, always uh, making sure he's got his next pair of pants for the next day. Yeah. Uh, specifically, he's like a world traveler. He has, like, there's this flashback of like this horrible war torn tragedy that informed who he is and how he wants to help people that is really ridiculous. Silly. <laughs> there's photos yes. of him all over that restaurant, just in the yes. background. He's, he's traveled the world. Um, and there which is, is which is interesting because I feel like that's like like a lot of the characters in this show are defined by being like world traveled people coming back to Japan to like soothe their wounds. Uh, like Date's got that whole thing going yeah. too. You see him in like a like a Peace Corps tent or whatever at one point in a flashback. Yeah, well, from the uh, OP, I th- like initially thought this show was going to have like an Indiana Jones type theme as they were like going around the world to hunt. Oh the no, medals. they can't afford that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have yeah, the budget no. for that. But, well, that's exactly <laughs> that's why my question I was like, that's what the OP is like implying, like with these shots of them on the beach and everything. Uh, how do I do that in Toku? And they they just do it by having that be the characters, but in in the Saitama Super Arena, yes, is <laughs> yes. <laughs> usually where they are. Um. So yeah, Aegis is a nice guy. Ankh uh, takes over. For a young police guy, young detective, uh, detective in the house. Dead. Young detective gets possessed by this hand. The hand, by the way, it just like floats around and does like hand puppet and green screen shit. And it's always my favorite thing whenever the hand is doing anything, anything. The, it, the thing with the part where it's like freaking out in the OP, where it's just like doing a hand dance. My favorite thing in the world. Pop for it every time. Just, yes, just amazing. my na- uh, just laughing, flying all over the place, just being evil. You gotta love it. <laughs> um. 
And so he gets on this young detective named what Shingo? Yeah, Shingo. Shingo right? yeah, yes. Yeah, and turns him into like this very dramatic villainous Twinkie guy, uh, who is just the human form of Ankh, and he rules. I love him because he's just he's just. As we discover at the very end of what we watched this today, he is truly just a, a, an R-rated villain in a PG world. He's fantastic. Uh, there, there is controversy about that subbing choice on the internet. Yes. It's inc- I popped so hard for <laughs> <Yes>. it. <laughs> um, and the third of the, the trio, because there's usually a trio, is Hina, who is Shingo's sister, um, who recognized her, like recognized that it's her brother, even though they don't really look anything alike. You know, what are you going to do? Um, and uh, is like, oh, I'm going to take, uh, you know, I'm going to make sure that my brother's body's okay when the stupid hand stops possessing him. Whether that's even possible remains up in the air, I feel like. Um, yes. He got injured in the first episode and then Ankh attached to him. Uh, yeah. Every time he detaches, he just like passes out because he's still... Yeah. Uh, you know struggling and figuring out yes. a way to like let Ankh detach from him and not have him immediately die is like technically the plot of the show though no one's really had any progress on that in 28 episodes yeah Ankh's yes. like his life support at the moment yeah um and the thing with Hina is that she has super strength that has never been explained once which is she's good. just strong never yeah, do she's it strong it's great yeah because the, the first episode, she, like, lifts up a vending machine. I'm like, oh, is she, like, a robot girl or something? And no. it's never come up. It's ne- yep. It's clearly just a lady with super strength. It's fine. Yeah. Sometimes you just got comedy strength. It's pretty good. She she can only use it for comedy. It's never really came in useful in the fights. Yes. Um, and they work at the Cucousie, which is like the, the juice bar stand in here, um, which is a restaurant that gets a new theme every episode, every like two episodes, whenever they do a new arc, basically, it has yeah, a new obnoxious theme. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the show works in the episodes come in doubles for so like most yeah. of the time, uh, they fight the same guy twice, which is my ideal form for a common writer to come in, I think, but mm-hmm, it's good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, and it's always like some different like countries like theming. Everyone's in costumes and everything's decorated really kitschy, and it's it's fun if a little racist. Extre- sometimes yeah. a lot racist. Extremely sometimes. Uh, yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then and then they all work kind of for the Kugami Foundation. Yeah, the Kugami Foundation is like. Um, in the absence of the greed, the metals have been harnessed by humanity, which means there is a nebulously evil corporation who is uh, harnessing the power and like taking a cut of everyone's metal earnings uh, because they're using it for their own gains. Uh, unclear what those uh, gains are at this moment, other than just to be rich. Uh, but I'm sure there is some kind of secret plan going on in the background that we won't know until the second half of the show. Um, but the Kogami Foundation fucking rule. I love them. They're led by Kogami, who is sitting in his office the whole time. Happy birthday. Going, Happy birthday. <laughs> he begins the show. Uh, and the, the, one of the best scenes in the show is like the first uh, action scene where all of the like Kogami agents get on their bikes together and go to like fight the greed have just awoke. Uh, and they all get owned as like Happy Birthdays playing. As he makes a cake for Amazing. the greed. <laughs> Yes. Just a perfect character. Uh, He's so good whenever they cut back to him. Um, And then uh, one of the other main characters is uh, Goto, who works for him. He's like the survivor of that first group, that first, like, 
uh, corporate SWAT group, and he's just like a. He's also a young detective, even though he doesn't he doesn't work for the cops. In fact, we find out that he quit the cops to work for this corporation because they'd give him more power in a classic yeah, rival but he's way. He's like he's like the cop in like capital yes. C yes. way, and that he's the guy with all the guns. <laughs> he's the guy with all the guns. And all, he spends the first half of the show, or the first half of this bit, uh, showing up to every fight and pulling out his regular gun, uh, which never works. Um, but then they start like foreshadowing the second writer because uh dr maki uh who's also an amazing character which we'll get to in a minute has been working on uh this new suit and this new power that he could give and then the second writer is revealed it's a completely different guy just no someone we haven't seen before and goto just continues to be a normal cop get fucked goto gotta love it (laughs) he Uh, he even gets supplanted as the cool gun guy because uh uh, Kogami's secretary, uh, Satanaka, and shows up as like the Terminator, basically in one yeah. shot. Yes. She's got like a like a pump shotgun and rides up on the motorcycle and sick as hell. Uh, yep, that's that's how that goes. Yes, and he just the, kind of like stays hanging around. Yes, the second the second rider is Common Rider Birth, uh, named I assume after you know Kogami's uh, prevalence for birthdays and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the I guess the idea of like harnessing the energy of the the metals because the thing with that is Comrade Birth is powered entirely by the the the, the um, cell metals like the the you know not very useful ones that like enemies just drop when you defeat. Oh them. yeah, there's. Um, but he pops. Oh, you continue, continue. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah. He pops them into the belt like a like a Gashapon system, and they make like a you know opening up the the like little container like gasha container pop sound and then all his moves are like crane arms and like mecha implements it's very cool yeah it's great i was about to say there are two <laughs> classes of metal specifically the cell yeah. in the core the core are for o's to transform cell are for basically everything else yeah the core the 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 ones that the greed were made out of the, the animal it's themed like their souls ones, which are basically yes um, and then the O's whole thing is you put three in the belt and it turns O's in different different colors ba- and different like accoutrement based on which coin goes in the slots. I um, mean, and- not to not to be like too uh, on the nose about it, but essentially the the cell the the uh, cell metals are XP and the core metals are materia. Effectively, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, a world of coin collecting is is the world of Common Rider O's. I'm surprised it hasn't come up the with like coin collecting stuff. Like there isn't someone whose desire is to have a great coin collection. And they've expanded into metals. Unk is keeping the metals in a coin in a collection. Coin. <laughs> it's great. Yes. Like like one of those books where they've yes. got foam and all the. I'm like, oh my god, Unk, where'd you get that thing? But they're like they're non-standard coins, so he like custom cut the foam for these. <laughs> yes, they're slightly too big. In yeah, fact, I, I mean, I definitely, yeah. definitely, Bandai will sell you one oh, of these. Oh, one hundred percent, they do that <laughs> every time for every new toy. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty good. I love I love the metal because they're big, giant, ugly plastic animal discs. But like the the they are treated in universe as if they are giant metal coins. I'm like. It just asked, asked, like, I, it raised a lot of questions because, like, you see early on people using the cell metals to, um, like, buy things from the, the Kagami Corporation vending machines or turn them into, uh, bikes or whatever. You can rent them as bikes. Um, cause you have to put a motorcycle on Conrad to show. That's how this works, even if it doesn't actually fit the theming at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And it was like, what is the monetary value? We find out there is no actual monetary value to the coins in the real world. It's just that Kogami wants them for turning them into power reasons. Unclear at this point. Kogami's clearly the villain of the show to me. <laughs> There's no way that's not true. But yeah, but he's so good. Yet. I love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, I mean, I'm sure he's like, there's a power behind Kogami that is the real evil guy, and Kogami will hopefully help them out before he dies or something. Well, there's like Mackie. Um, You're still Mackie. <laughs> uh, Mackie's not like, he. He's, Mackie's too much of a Revolver Ocelot situation. He, needs, to, uh, he wants something that's counter to Kogami, but we will find out yes. more later, essentially. Um, but, I, yeah, like, I just thought a lot about, like, the idea of coins in the world in this show, like, carrying around a bunch of coins. Like, Japan's, like, a coin-driven economy. Like, the small, you know, small com- denomination of money is a coin, which is true in the UK as well, I guess. But, like, not here. Coin Having coins is weird in America. But, like, watching everyone carry around pockets full of coins and, like, coin noises. I'm like, do the metals smell like pennies like i need to know if they like or have nasty coin attributes that i don't like about well, they're coins. made of crystal I mean, or something yes. i don't know yeah but they have like a metal band around I them guess, you don't know. I don't you, know you can never tell yeah right? i like, assume they just smell like coins. they are treated so much just like regular coins in a way that like that's just what coins are i didn't even think of it as gross coins are just coins yeah. so the cell uh metals aren't even like crystal they're just like you know plastic metal yeah, right yeah. like <laughs> um the, so they the, they're like, probably like grimy and awful Every time they show the, like, uh, whenever they make one of the yummies, um, there's that one shot of just, like, all of the uh, cell metals falling on each other, and they put ridiculous, like, actual metal sound effects over these yes. plastic discs. Yes. yes. They look like poker chips. I'm told that the actual metals themselves, it seems like they're, like, weighted. Maybe the band on the outside is actual metal. Um, okay. Either my friend Casey or Crash oh, told the, me yeah, that yeah. when I was asking about uh, they would know as <laughs> people who collect a lot of common rider toys. Um, and, uh, so yeah, Maki is the, the, the mad scientist character and, uh, his whole deal is that he has a doll on his arm. Like he holds his arm out like a bird's perch there, but there's a little doll there. Um, that seems to, according to Maki, like seems to be like the actual person in charge, kind of like the Batman villain. Uh, what is it, Scarface? Yeah, he has Scarface. a little chair for him in his office. Yes, yes. <laughs> and yeah, whenever he's walking around, he's got uh, this doll on his arm, which must fucking hurt because he's got his arm permanently in a right angle up at his chest level all the time. <laughs> yeah, I feel terribly for the actor on that part. <laughs> I mean, I assume when you're doing shots, it's only for like 30 seconds at a time, but yeah, it's yeah, edited yeah. together uh, yes. as, as like that is just his permanent arm position, which is not a thing humans can do. No. You could just you could just like run a strap over his like forearm, like around his back of his shoulders to his other arm, right? To keep it up, like hold it up. Yeah, if he's, got, if he's got a support, then yes. yes. But damn. Yes. Um, and the puppet, the, the doll doesn't talk or move or anything, but it's implied that his like he sees it as the thing that is in control. And when, when it's, like, damaged or whatever, he freaks out. Yeah, Because his whole thing is, like, observation and endings. He wants to witness the end of things. And, and by that, I doll- mean look at a dramatic-ass painting on his wall in his <laughs> <Yes>. office. <laughs> yes. Love it. I love when they uh, pair him up with uh, Date and they become kind of roommates. <laughs> Date is so good. So Date is the second writer. He shows up, like, what, like, 16, 17 episodes in, yeah, something like, like that. Yeah, like halfway in. Quite a ways yeah. in this run. Yeah. 
Um, and he is just like, everyone else is like younger. He is like the haggard man, old man in Toku terms and that he's like in his thirties and not his twenties. Yeah. <laughs> um, and is just over it. And he's here. He's like just hired to collect the medals and that's what he's going to do. And he's like, he needs the money. Um, and it, he doesn't care how he gets it. He's just going to do the job. It's just a job to him. And so he just is like this like the way in which aj was like i'm gonna i'm gonna help people like a really like earnest drifter date is like a slightly like burnt out darker version of that but not in the point where he's evil date is a good guy also it's just funny I to love watch. Date. yeah me too <laughs> just needs that hundred thousand what was it a hundred thousand yen yes yeah. yeah he uh needs money and and kagami's gonna give it to him if he collects a uh, hundred million coins right yeah, it's something yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, he's spending all of them for his powers, so kind of counterproductive. Yes. Yeah, he walks yeah. around with a massive barrel that's full of coins and jingles in every step. Oh, the milk can full of coins is sick. <laughs> it's incredible. Oh. There's a bit at the end where they start like pouring. Yeah, because he needs to get a thousand medals in his gacha machine to activate his power. <laughs> uh, it's worth it. The power is sick because it's just all the mech parts at just once. Just a scorpion yes. tank robot. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and then the greed, obviously, which are the, the big costume monsters. They all have personalities. And they all have, like, human forms they end up taking. And they bicker amongst themselves. But I'm going to be honest. I think the I think the greed interfighting is, like, the least interesting part of the show. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that, that was my thing with the show is that when I was watching it at first, I thought this show was kind of bad. I loved the first episode and all the, like, happy birthday scene. And then for about six or seven episodes, like, this sucks. This is boring. I, like, I guess, like, the characters. But the, the greed are kind of dull. Uh, and these early premises are just like because the monsters come out of desires it is used uh, in the early thing in the most rote ways like the first two monsters you get are like guy who wants to eat too much and he's fat and that's the bad desire yeah. and then girl who wants to shop too much and women be shopping and that's the bad desire and angst like look humans are beyond saving and it's just persona happening in front of my eyes and i'm like this is terrible uh but luckily they get those two out of the way early and uh <laughs> it picks up from there uh, i really the, started uh, liking the show after that the thing about that to me is like this one feels the most like a like a Sailor Moon plot. Like that's that this is this is like Sailor Moon coming out of Sentai stuff is like just this like you know every episode's a new person like converted into a monster or a monster emerges from their desires their desires reflect the world and they're really simplistic moral stories about like greed in this instance because that's the O's whole thing is you know g even the like good side like the money collecting is meant to be like a desire for acquisition thing. Morals. Yes, um, and uh, yeah, that stuff. That stuff is like hokey, yeah. but like you know, that's kind of kind of the whole thing with Toku shows <laughs> to me. Yeah, it's I like mean, they're it always just, hokey. It depends, like on the specific plots themselves, which ones land. Mm -hmm. um, some of them are like, I mean, the show is pretty conservative, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like a show moralizing to children in ways that I'm always like, I don't know about this. Um, it's a really funny bit. One of the one of the better episodes I really like for its. Uh, like episode plot is this where, one where like the desire is for justice so the the, the guy's like the yummy becomes a fake like evil kind yeah, of like uh uh yeah and the guy <laughs> has like run away <laughs> from his home because he wants to be a lawyer and he keeps failing the bar exam so he's like i can't go home till i pass the bar exam and that's my motivation uh, his kid is not happy about this because his dad's left for stupid reasons. Um, and then, like, they finally take this um, 
Uh, like there's, there's the whole there's the whole thing where where uh, Godo's like, should we kill this Yummy? Isn't this desire a good desire? Some desire is not reflective for good things. And then they start like torturing evil politicians. And Eiji's like, see now, you have gone too far. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, we... the, the thing yeah. I like about that is there's a bit where the the one of the greed tries to convert the kid's desire. Kid, yes. This bit's and, so good. And and he he thinks that he also has a burning desire for justice, but what he actually wants is like deep down is just his dad back and he's like, I can't use this. This isn't like actionable in like the exploitation way. Uh, and he's like, this desire isn't powerful enough because that's how the greed view desire is just like, what can you utilize into like manipulating people? It is like, so I really like that scene. I like that episode. I like all those characters a lot, uh, but it is a very funny, like ideological episode of the show when it's first of all, all is this thing good because it's beating up all the teens that play loud music? Uh, <laughs> second plot point is, oh, it's being too violent to the corrupt politicians. This is how justice gets perverted. Third plot point is, the only immunity to perverting the sense of justice is the nuclear family that must be restored. It's just, like, all on the screen. Yes. Um, but I don't think that's, like, a bad thing, right? Like, I understand the show is, like, like conservative kids study for children in Japan. I think mm -hmm. those episodes are, like, a really good uh, expression of that. Uh, what actually matters is only 2010's best perception of what it means to be a famous blogger episode. Oh, that would be so <laughs> yes! good. Uh, Eiji's old friend, a world-traveling, like, travel blogger who's not very good at his job gets turned in, like, gets a yummy manifested from him that, like, saps the power of other bloggers. And there's a lot of stuff about, like, ah, oh, it's, <laughs> it's the homestuck bit of, oh, a blogger walked in. <laughs> Guess you're not going to pay for your dinner tonight. <laughs> Uh, I need to find that Homestuck quote. It's 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 stuck with me so much already. Yeah, um, because uh, it is, uh, it is uh, when um, Rose and uh, the other what's the, the the guy's name? Dave. Not Dave. Yeah, Rose and Dave are DMing each other before we even met them. <laughs> Rose is good to Dave. Sometimes how I I wonder how you were ever allowed to pay for meals in restaurants. It must be hard to keep a low profile when you're always overhearing odd voices whisper. It's that guy who has a blog, and then that is literally this episode. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, the, the heightened world of blog book deals, which you know what is not wrong actually, but like the way it's portrayed is still really funny. I love that. That stuff's so corny and good to me. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then the other one I really like uh, is like a really goofy one where this lady scientist is turned in. Her her, her desire is to be hot like her sister who runs this like co cosmetics company that she's like using her sister's research and then like springboarding off that like big product launches or whatever. And so she does, she manifests like, this is like once the yummies turn into the second form where it's like. It's like an egg they carry around that manifests all, weird powers it, before it hatches. That's like a specific all you all the greed have very specific yummy creation methods, which is kind of yes. hard to keep track of because they keep stealing each other's yes. metals. Yes. Um, but she, she turns into like, she has like love power. She goes around and she's like entrancing people and it just doesn't work on Date where he's like, I liked you when you're frumpy. That's just who I am. That's my whole deal. <laughs> he does yeah. give the whole, like, you are better without the makeup monologue. <laughs> yes. But in like a very specific, like, this is just my deal. <laughs> like it, it doesn't, I feel like it like makes him look bad in a way that I think is kind of funny. Um, not in like a negative way, just like he's just a guy who thinks like it's weird when ladies put on too much makeup. That's the dude he is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I believe that. 
because it cuts to them you know when they met they were like laughing in the peace corps tent or whatever over dinner like with like a bunch of like american like westerners and uh the two japanese people who were there or whatever <laughs> It's also a very funny episode because, like, the, the power doesn't work on Dati for some reason. And it's leading up to this foreshadowing about their relationship. But it just comes off across as it doesn't work on Dati because he's a gay homosexual who is gay. <laughs> um, he's got that energy. But, like, the show thinks it's coming through Ankh because Ankh's where they're putting all their, like, twink energy for the show for, like, you know, the people that enjoy Kamen Rider who are in their 20s. Yes, this, uh, is, the com- this is the, the Kamen Rider market. I, it was explained to me when I first got into Kamen Rider is, like, eight-year-old kids and young 20-something bored women who just want the gay boys to be nice to each other which yes. you know what checks out in every common writer i've ever seen so i kept watching the show thinking about how like the the ridiculous discourse where people said that like final fantasy 15 wasn't for women <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah it's uh, what's at the front of my mind uh whenever there's like boys glaring at each other uh but it is great when um uh, uh date shows up and is like uh, <laughs> the first non-twink here <laughs> Yes, yes, they, uh, a man showed up. He's like an adult in a way that no one else is. Yes. He's got, he's got, a, he's got like a shitty beard and a leather jacket and he he's rules. He's just here to get paid. Uh, he's basically yeah. flirting with Goto the entire season. Uh, uh, who is not here for it. That is a straight man. Yes. The straightest <laughs> he, man in Kamen Rider. He's straight for justice. <laughs> god um yeah no that stuff's all very funny yeah i feel like once they get past the really obvious like you know guy who eats too much lady who shops too much i found that the yummy motivations have been like, like the boxer one's boring but like i find like a lot of them relatively interesting like they because they have two episodes to like explore them i feel like the setups and payoffs like the payoffs are always kind of hokey but like the way in which it's built out is like always kind of slant to what you'd expect out of like the traditional version of that and i always appreciate mm-hmm. that stuff the lady who just wants to do surgery so much and is getting stymied by her, like, the leader of, like, the, the hospital is like, we need to let the other surgeons do surgery. She's like, no, it's my surgery. <laughs> that one's so fucking funny because it's like, it, it almost becomes like a mad TV parody because it's a children's show. So they can't do any specific, like, surgery words. So they basically, the doctors come up and very seriously go, he's dying of bad. It's in a location. We need to operate now so we can take the bad out. <laughs> And then she gets scalpel and hands, and it's great. <laughs> yeah, she's she's like starts doing the surgeries in the middle of the night all by herself, and is like successful. And so people are rushing to the hospital from all over Japan to get their surgeries from her. That like that's what happens. It's her yummy manifest. It's really goofy. <laughs> she's the magical greatest surgeon. And then the like the twist. And I love the reveal and the twist in this episode. It's very obvious, but they do yeah. it well. Uh, which is that uh, the surgeon is her dad. <laughs> Uh, yes. Although the surgeon, they're like the um, you know, the head, the, of the, she, the head of the hospital is her dad, and he basically has a heart attack, and she has to do a bypass. Is I think what's happening is they say we have to operate in a weird location. <laughs> <is> how <laughs> yes. they phrase it, uh, and it's basically like this is now to teach you what you need to know as a surgeon. You can't just be skillful and good at things. You have to understand that, like, as every time you operate, you are uh, like you have to fear for their lives, and through operating on me, you will now understand the fear of a surgeon, and not and not just the like expression of joy that is you showing off your skill now you feel the preciousness of life and she's like yes i do um and that stuff's great yep yeah Yeah. uh it's very funny uh and then because we watched these 20 episodes we ran into the thousandth episode common rider special happy birthday common rider happy birthday common rider 
I guess shocker too, because one of them shows up. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the whole thing here is they didn't like pay for a bunch of like original Kamen Rider actors or whatever in this. They are Kogami wants to make. He's like, it's the thousandth episode of Kamen Rider, and everyone's like, we haven't fought a thousand battles. What are you talking about? Yes. <laughs> um. Kagami's just aware of being in the story of Kamen Rider, and he's like, well, I'm going to make a movie, and I'm going to have Date uh, film it, he's the director, and we're just going to, you know, uh, everyone's going to do a Kamen Rider O's versus Shocker story. Shocker is the original villains of Kamen Rider, who were actual Nazis. They're just like neo-Nazis in Japan doing mad scientists. We make cyborgs. (laughs) Yep. Yes. And so you get the O's origin, but now he's a Shocker cyborg like the original Kamen Rider. And everyone dresses up as Shocker mad scientists, um, which means they do a lot of Nazi salutes, but are also like ridiculous camp versions of themselves, uh, which, you know, this is just what happens when you do a Kamen Rider, I guess. But uh, Ankh in his dramatic evil guy uh, outfit is incredible. I love it. I love it so much. What a dramatic asshole. (laughs) Goto keeps getting fired from all his roles. It's great. Yeah, Goto, Goto sucks. And so they get Chiyoko, who's the uh, lady who runs Kuskusie, um, to take her pl- take his place. And she just eats up being a mad scientist. And it's incredible. Uh, I pop for this. It's great. All of this stuff is really good, but yes, no, it's a it's a goofy episode. They they focus on like all the like suits coming back because, like I said, <laughs> they didn't pay for anything. They, they, they do have like the the like. Like, imply, like, the original, like, one of the original Shocker mooks who's here, and he's gonna, he's gonna lead the Shocker, he, like, is, like, they create Shocker yummies out of him, like, one of the, uh, Greed do, um, and then he, like, decides, actually, I don't want, I don't want the Greed to save the day, Shocker have to be the one to defeat Kamen Rider and help Kamen Rider defeat the, the yummy, um, and it's just extremely, like, Jojo Part 2, here's the one good Nazi character. I mean, the end of the episode... (laughs) Uh, uh, like the the last thing we watched is he's like gives a monologue about like yes we mooks and you know the ways in which it, it's a monologue about like the fun genre storytelling and the little villains uh they've got their pride too and it's a classic yes thing. but the, the, it's... also the villains are neo nazis <laughs> and then he does a like actual nazi salute and fucking freeze frame common <laughs> writer has forgotten the part where shocker were nazis like it's kind of fallen out of the the mythos because common is not about that obviously anymore but uh i watch common i watch ichigo i like ichigo but the, it's full of nazi shit <laughs> but like i assume in common writer like they're the, it's about a, a modern japanese like writer destroying nazi influence that lingers right like the, yes. the whole Pretty much, the, yeah. the, the yes. plot of common writer they literally there's literally an episode where they try to excavate hitler's co- like coffin because they think there's a magical weapon and when they open it common writer's beating them to it and is like lying in the coffin and it's fucking sick it's the coolest yeah, thing that's ever fucking cool yeah. that's some hellboy shit yes exactly yeah. um uh, that's just that's just, just like immediately like after the first like couple series just falls out of common writer and never comes back but but that that is it is here insofar as oh the the common rider salute yes you know, the, 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 the shocker salute is just a bunch of Nazi salutes yeah, yeah. the shocker uh, these little skeleton yeah, the little guys. skeleton guys became yeah. iconic so they'll have to show up every few years and do Nazi salutes yes and the and the, the, the the like very final freeze frame is like Conrad O's doing his like O's cool pose next to a guy Nazi <laughs> saluting. It's it's like, oh, the and then and then Kogami comes out and is like, "Oh, it's the 40th anniversary! Happy birthday, Common Rider!" Yeah, this is uh, set up for a movie that came out at the same time that crossovered with Deno. Well, not the Deno, a different okay. Deno that you need to watch another movie to understand. Uh, amazing! Yeah, like, uh, amazing! I, 
I saw that and I was like, I can't peek into that. I yeah, no, that's not. Which I might do one day. Yeah. Um, at some point, I need to make a list of like, okay, which Khan Rider am I going to watch and which one am I just going to fucking see through the crossovers? Because I'm not watching all of these, but I do want to watch a few no. more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the, thing, uh, the thing with this is uh, this episode... Uh, Leading up to this, there's been a new there's been a new greed that's like off screen that is clearly the rest of Ankh's body walking around. We, we see in the episode that sets us up a left hand and Ankh is a right hand throwing a, a, a cell coin into someone to create a bird yummy. And everyone thinks that it might be Ankh being evil, but I'm not six. So I know that it's just the rest <laughs> of Ankh's body that's like sentient because he gets his core metals back. He's like, I should be able to manifest my body again and can't do it. Why would that be? Because the other parts of him are walking Go around. Figure. Yeah, no, he's getting Planescape tormented. Um, and uh, so they just argue about this, like what it could possibly be like in the two episodes leading up to the special. And then the special, uh, there's a whole bit where Ankh is trying to get uh, Kogami to tell him who's doing this. And Kogami's like, ah, oh, would you like to know who's creating these yummies? And at the very end, like after all this, uh, he, he's like, ah, you would, would you like to know? And he's like, yes, of course. I've been bugging you for four episodes now. He's like, I also would like to know. <laughs> and then the subtitles that we're all using, uh, Ankh shouts motherfucker at him in like full rage. And it's I popped so hard for this. It's so fucking Very funny. 2010 subtitle. <laughs> but it's also it's also like genuinely an appropriate response to being jerked around like that. Motherfucker! Like. Because ah! <laughs> yes. it's, it's that. It's not like it is it is absolutely like that rather than calling him motherfucker. Yes, <laughs> no, it's just bathroom. him like furious. Like veins standing out of his neck like just looks like he's going to fall over dead in a second. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, but if you, if you look at like there is on... On um now right now, Khan Rider owes episode twenty eight minus fuck. <laughs> uh which I think is like part of a stupid discourse about like nerds getting really mad about the other one that took out like the R word from yeah, the subs. Yeah. Because because culture war stuff coming for like fan subbing communities is obviously the ugliest version of this because you know, every anime torrent site has the loudest, most awful people on it, even if most people are normal. Yes. Um, and like all the comments are just just horrific. As like, oh, why would you take out the R word? This is the culture what needs to be fought. Uh, I watched it with them in because I'm like, I mean, this is from 2010. I, I, it's not seeing the word. I remember. Me. I remember being around in 2010. People just talk like this. The the part where it uses it is 100 percent accurate to how that word was used in 2010. Like yes. more than any other context. So like, I know I, I it was like on some level the right choice, but the right choice in a culture that was wrong. Right? Yeah, if that makes yeah. sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel like the subs don't feel gratuitous about it. I mean, that's gratuitous. Uh, the motherfucker is gratuitous, but because it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's it it really like in, like to me, it's like oh, this is this is who Ankh is. Ankh is a guy who would be murdering and swearing, but he's stuck in a kids show where he just <laughs> yes. has to act like a bird. He like he's like always perched up somewhere, like being mad that everyone else is a child around him. <laughs> so this was the thing that I realized about Ankh early on. And I think it's a burn. I can't work at which direction this is a burn in. I think in, you know, you'll we'll see. I'll get the point first. But uh, he shows up and the entire dynamic between Ankh and uh, AG is AG's like, I'm nice. I believe in people. I don't know about all these like things going on, but I see the people in front of me and I want to help them. And that's my guiding principle because that's all I can affect. And then Ankh's like, don't you believe in hopelessness and the fact that none of this matters and that we must just get more powerful? Do you see? You're already fighting for me. Blah, blah, blah. And they're literally just doing every Yokotara game. That's the whole yeah. thing. They are doing that. <laughs> uh, to the point where I'm like, is it funny that this is... Uh, 
a Yokotaro game like in a Tekka show, or is it more likely that Yokotaro is making a show for eight year olds but putting like you know so much more tragedy in it or whatever? Yes, I, the, I mean that's always been more than Yokotaro. Yes, <laughs> it's the same dynamic but just like heightened because you can get away with it in a video game. But like the you actual turn, story, you, tur- is the you same. turn up, you turn up the grim dark stuff and you turn down the like moralizing for children and you just get near like it just drifts into well, near. It's the same. Well, here's thing. the thing: pretty much all modern Japanese media is kind of just ripping off tokusatsu to a degree yeah yes <laughs> i know it is deeply influential yeah. um but it is th- in this instance yes it's absolutely that uh i need kaine to, to go onk you dumbass <laughs> oh i need that because yeah, onk is literally basically vice <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes Especially when he's an obnoxious hand. There's there's a bit early on where he like pulls off of uh, Shingo's body and is just a hand, and like some kids start poking it with a stick. It's the funniest. <laughs> they shit think in the it's world. a weird I, snake. I love all of the yeah. puppets. Yes. It, it, it's yes. Good. That that is also just like a vice where he's basically doing the equivalent of "Get off me, you children!" <laughs> <laughs> so funny and good. Oh, another very important thing about Ankh loves popsicles. <laughs> Loves popsicles. I've never wanted popsicles more than watching this show. I'm like, man, it's summer, it's hot. I could use some popsicles. Damn. Yeah, he's doing the like a death nut apples thing, but popsicles, <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, popsicles are cooler than apples. Uh, I don't know if that's true. There's, I'd rather have an apple. Uh, I think that the like the the implication is he's just like loves being in the modern world there's a bit early on where he realizes that shingo has a phone and spends an entire episode just like reading the internet and it's like this thing will teach us everything we need to know about modernity. he finds shingo's hidden i mean he's right <laughs> that he was hiding from his sister <laughs> yes. so here's another thing is that like the time period this is filmed in is hitting my brain weird because now i'm old enough for this to be 10 years ago but for it to already possess the signifiers of what i consider like now because I'm, you know, late 20s and not early 20s. So yeah. he's got an iPad, and I'm like, you can't have an iPad in something from a decade ago? Oh, no! That's like a Gen 2 iPad. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I do like that he's... By being... I don't... I guess we'll get more about, like, who Ankh was when he was, like, a person, but you get the idea that he was, like, the, like... Almost like the Loki. And I don't mean Marvel Loki. I mean, like, Loki, like, mythic. Like, he's, like, the trickster one of the uh, the, the greed, so he's, like, a little more clever and a little more willing to, like, learn stuff. Um, the rest of the greed, just dramatic guys who show up and, like, manifest silk drapery around them. I love that shit. It's well, so Ankh funny. Well, that, too. He just keeps it in his room. <laughs> yes. Uh, that, that, I like, like, um, there's that one, uh, one dumb guy in the greed. I love him. Oh yeah, yes. Gamul. Gamul, yes. Uh yeah. He's the one who gets destroyed first, right? Where it's like, ah, because Mezel's like, ah, your whole thing is that you just like me more, so I'm just gonna absorb you. Yes. Yeah. Well it's it's a really good bit where they're like, oh, I guess he's agreed, but like he didn't have any concept of like selfhood, so he just gives himself up. Yeah, he's yes. obsessed with uh, other people's desires, so he just puts coins in himself after just uh, like mimicking other people's wants for stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I really like that bit. Yep. Um, Kazari's probably the only one I think is like interesting, and it seems like he's like the big main one anyway. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, he's also got the coolest look, where he's just like, like he's like, what if the predator were a cat? 
I mean, he's literally the predator. He's got yes, the fucking he's, he's the predator. The predator. Yes. He's the predator. <laughs> got the dreads. Yes, he's yeah. Ridiculous. He's working with Mackie behind everyone's back. He has schemes. Yes. Uh, sitting in Mackie's car, giving like uh, secret interviews while the uh, little doll is in its own seat belted little tiny. <laughs> I love that so little good. car. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. And, and Maki's also like the brother of the lady in the diner who was just a like hangout character, but is now apparently important. No, she out of just nowhere. looks like his sister yes. or something. I don't. It's weird. Well, at oh, the moment, right. he because he's like he spots her. And is like it's my sister or whatever. And he's, uh, not it's not gone further than that. He screams uh, that's, and that's slams his right head now. into the car horn. God. <laughs> uh because it, it, it only happens right before the anniversary episode, it yep. mostly provides like an in for Maki to just be around the gang yes. in a way that is not his dynamic at all in the show, but they do do it for the slice of life episode. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, any other episodes? Because I want to talk about Comrade Forums before we finish up. Here. Oh, sure. Um. I, I guess my one thing is, like, if more writing stuff, it's not an episode, but, like, when I was watching this, I only tweeted this as I was going, was realizing that, like, oh, this is just, like, a crash course on how to write television in a way that my actual going to school for this didn't give you of uh, every character has, like, one cool affectation and one thing they want and are defined by. And that's it. That's all you need because you've got too many guys. Uh, yeah. Like, the, uh, you know, Maki comes up and says... Um, some weird shit with his doll which is his funny like hook and then he says i care about like observation and the end of the things. end yes. of all things <laughs> and you're like damn get it the whole thing nailed down one line done next character please uh i'm a cool cop guy in a leather jacket and i want to save the world uh with power i don't have done yeah Perfect. but i'm next not character. the common writer yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah and everyone can just be described with that in a way it's like oh right this is what it means to make to like make stories in a you, you know real way <laughs> like yeah, this is a show that comes like, out every week it's a show that comes out every week it's for a very broad audience that includes children and it's mostly a vehicle to sell toys and have cool special effects so you, you can't be like super nuanced with it right like and you can't and, be and i'm not even saying that yeah. negatively like it's no. good to have just like strong booking we go through the episodes it is the thing that i'm always mad that i didn't get when i went to school for screenwriting is that i just assumed like you just write a fucking thing every week and you learn to do it but that's not what happened you had to spend seven hours pitching your you know nonsense screenplay that was terrible yep. um, yeah and uh, and it's so not in this, this one in this one he's out of coins what is he gonna do how is he gonna get the coins <laughs> yeah because that's actually what having a job as a writer is yes <laughs> yes uh, i forget which episode it is but the uh Episode where the secretary goes on vacation and makes Gatto do her job. Yes. Oh my god, she shows up like he's he's dry he's driving around doing like mounted like gun play like he's like I'm gonna learn to shoot these guns better from my motorcycle and she drives up in like a like a race like a small like street kit race car like her her vacation is to go drifting in the mountains she's like the coolest character she's like i'm taking my vacation you're in charge she's like i don't want to be in charge she's like not my problem anymore <laughs> drives off love her it's incredible yeah goto makes the other swat guy like do her job and her job is just eating all of kukabi's cakes <laughs> yes uh, uh, because she she doesn't like uh, sweets. She's like, nope, I, I like spicy food. 
There's that one guy eating them who's like he, he's so bad at eating the cake he just kind of falls into it. You could go yes. He's just getting angry <laughs> he's so at happy him. With it. It's great. Like, oh. My underlings can't eat my cake properly because I keep baking all these extravagant cakes that say happy birthday to the current plot points. <laughs> yes. Uh, Alright, Kyle and Ryder forms. So, the thing with this, obviously, you get you put the medals one, two, and three, uh, and you, then the, the henshin is really... I think I like the part where the belt turns, like, 30 degrees. I think that's sick. I like the chime when the, the disc goes across them. I think that's all very cool. But because it's all coins, you get a bunch of different, like, swapped variations of forms. Uh, and I just want to talk about which ones people like the most. Because uh, I was like, man, the red one's cool. But then I'm like, wait, the song with the red one's cool. The cool one's the blue one. The blue one is the sickest form in the show that we've seen so far. Blue one's sick. Uh, because it's just, and whenever he gets like a full combo where it's like the colors are all the same, it's like more powerful. And the blue one's like the Marine combo called Shouta. And it also gets, that's when he gets rider kicks, like basically only when he has a full combo. And that one, the rider kick is he, the bottom half turns into CG octopus tentacles, but then turn into a rider kick. It's fucking sick. Six episodes into the show, he gets, like, Naruto clone power and kicks a guy so many times with so many forms of himself that they explode, and they've not had the money to do that since. No, no, they have not. Literally, there's there's literally a bit where Ong's like, ah, these combos are too powerful, we can't use them. (laughs) It's not good for the budget. That episode uh, so much more, I, I think, uh, like, I, I trust Casey about these things, but Casey was like, that's like a quarter of the budget of the show was on the episode, they never did that again. Um... um I'll be, if you ever watch a guy, and that's the one that has like heavy CG usage and it does stuff like that much more frequently, but um, they spent a lot of money on that show. I, <laughs> so I'm always like, sad anytime the monster is like, they suddenly have to fight a big CG guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I much prefer the uh, suit stuff. Um, but it's weird, because like, I came from, um, I, I, I had watched Sentai before, more or more than that, I had watched Power Rangers back in the day. Right? That's my, like, most of my Toku experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my frustrations with uh, the Sentai I watched with, I think the episodes are good, and they do a good job, like, making all the toys and form changes stuff work in in with, in with the story. But the bit where the robots come out is always perfunctory. It's just the robots come out and fight. It's very rare. Only a couple times they can they like work that in nicely. And I think that without like you know without having that, uh, the Khan Rider fights work a little better in the plots. Mm-hmm. They only they only have to kill the guy once. They don't kill them once and then have to kill them again. Big. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, the the Tajido combo, which is the red one, is all of Ankh's coins and turns him into like a bird form. Uh, but he also gets like a like a shield on his arm that gives him a, like a bunch of new abilities that, that have barely been explored well, at this point. That, well, that thing's like cool if you ever look up the toy for it. It has like a it has a thing that you put medals in, but it like spins the medals as you scan them with the thing. So it's like doing it oh, real that's fast. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then it has, like, you know, it can literally fly, and it has, like, it's, it's, um, like, rider kick is, like, a big talons come out yeah. of its legs, like, its knees, which is very cool. He gets a unique... Um, I love all the big Yeah, kicks. he gets a unique <laughs> helmet for that form. Yeah. Yeah. Because normally the, uh, the, the bird, like, the, that helmet is, like, the helmet in the default... Tatoba, yeah. The Tatoba one, yeah. Uh... It's good. It's good. All the songs. There's a bit of the anniversary episode. 
in the anniversary episode whenever he does the transformation in that one it doesn't show it, it doesn't Dante, yes, Dante, Dante doing it. saying it which is me literally every time <laughs> yeah. it happens in the show so you know what fair enough I'm like yeah they know they Dante know. Dante's going to put it in post this is just placeholder <laughs> yes <laughs> god there is a ridiculous part in that anniversary special where some soldiers show up and they've been like the, the greed have swapped them with live ammo and they just like start shooting yeah. Kamen Rider with guns and it's very <laughs> he's funny. like oh you're using real guns this hurts <laughs> yep good I love it uh, yeah I, I ended up having yeah I, I was kind of like after the first like initial thrust episode, I was kind of down on this, but around the time Dante shows up, I feel like it really picks up, and I'm digging it. This is a good show. Having a great time. Yes, me too. Yeah, these... Sh- uh, I was just always there for the, like, Ankh and Edgy, uh, like, interplay. Um, Ankh is an internally frustrated villain who just has to be good, is is fun. I find that uh, enjoyable as a gimmick. Uh, him having to confront the part where there's a real evil him running around is going to be good. I'm really excited to see that at some point. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. These shows really live and die on how much you actually like the characters, because you really can't do too much with the week to week plots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the ones I bounce off of, it's like you know, I just don't. There's no like relationship that I'm like invested in. There's like I, I find like you, you know, you find the character annoying or one of the foils annoying, and so it's like it's impossible to get in if you just don't connect with anyone. Because it's not like the shows change. Like I watched enough of these, like. They, they're making basically the same show they made in the 70s now it's a thousand episodes yeah. of this <laughs> why why change it at this point yeah exactly but like if you're not if you don't if, i don't care enough about guys in suits to like be invested just on that level i need a little more to hold on to and so like i'm glad like onks there and date's there to be fun you know mm-hmm. kagami's not a major character enough to be the, the draw no right? no oh but what if he was what if they made the whole show out of the kagami scene <laughs> that would be an amazing show but you wouldn't get that many episodes out of it <laughs> god but yeah it's good um you know we're gonna come back in uh a year and finish this up we'll probably watch like there's a there's just a movie of this right and it's later on yeah so it's not the the yeah, there, crossover there, movie. there is a multiple crossover movie, but there is one actual. Yeah, the one movie, solo yeah. movie, which has that uh, old timey Japanese town amusement park thing, which they always got to work yes! into this. Yes, 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 yep. yes. Good. It's a time travel movie, so you got to have it. The the part where that shows up in every one of these, regardless of how well it fits the theming, we got that set. We got to use it. <laughs> we got to use it. I think the one is it in Gaim where they just they just like go to like a themed like town oh, that, for that stuff. I that think was Forza. It was just their class trip Forza, or whatever. Yes. <laughs> yes, they go to the classroom trip to like ancient Japan town for that episode. It's so funny. What are you gonna do? Not have an episode in ancient Japan town? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's no, of awesome course. There. The, <laughs> there, there were times when like three unrelated episodes in a row went to the same set of stairs. Uh, yes, I know this is just Tokyo filming, but sometimes they handle it better than other times, and sometimes they're like, yeah. "We just we have, we have a set, uh, we have a location we've paid out for. This is where we're fucking going." <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, so, I like like even the big anniversary episode is just a fight in a field. <laughs> yes, so good. I'm going to be so disappointed in Shin Kamen Rider when they spend too much money on sets. <laughs> yeah, I'm really yeah. curious how that will go because I like. 
Anna makes real yeah, movies. Yeah, I know. Like Shankles is a real movie. Make um, make Anna film under yes, the overpass. Please, please, <laughs> please. Oh, he's please. going to insist on doing you. that for a scene. You know he is. I hope yeah. so. I hope so. Th- this is my disappointment in the Shin stuff for Anno, in that I want Anno to have the Gaim situation. I wanted to make one of these with the constraints of making one of these. That would be great. Yes. Uh, I would love to see that more than him getting the red carpet rolled out to make whatever weird like movie he gets uh, to make. Ah, uh, damn, you, you have to you have to throw your plot away for a crossover that has soccer theming for no <laughs> oh, reason. That, that damn. is amazing. <laughs> That's that's the heart I love of it. Toku. I love the soccer stuff. But yes, this is the heart of yes. Toku. Uh, we're launching Kakaider again. Could you, like, put him in an episode? Doesn't fit your theme. It's like, it's a dramatic thing just happened. You have to throw away. Who cares? Make put it anyway. O- <laughs> no one cares. No one put gives the other shit. bad guy's yeah. brain inside the bad guy from Kakaider. It will work. <laughs> Kakaider. <Yeah. laughs> just for one episode. Never bring it up again. It's fine. Don't <laughs> worry about it. And I, I just, yeah. Because I, I, I feel like that would be, I would love that more than, I, I have a great time with those movies, right? I'm going to watch The Ultraman. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Yes. I'm going to I'm gonna watch Kenshin Kamen Rider. Uh, but uh, Society, if he just had to make a show. <laughs> oh, it'd be beautiful. Yes. It'd be so funny. He'd be so unhappy, yes. but I'd, I'd be having a great time. He'd just be sitting there with his arms crossed in his Kamen Rider costume in his director's chair. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, I think I think that's it. We had a great time. Thank you very much uh, for bringing the show to us, and I guess we'll finish it uh, next time. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll it. do this again in uh, a year. Yeah, um, and then um, coming up on Beach House, we have Grand Bl- Grand Belm, Grand Belm, Grand um, Belm, which we're watching next, and then uh, we probably are going to squeeze in. Uh, we have an episode on the first volume of Akira coming up with Rick. Uh, that'll probably be tucked in there somewhere. And then we're watching the end of Gurren Lagann. Yes. There's actually another episode that's also in there. But I Is that going to happen somewhere. soon? Okay, yeah, we're going to do... Uh, what's that movie called? Uh, Weathering With You. Yes. Uh, these are all like, you know, th- these will switch, switch around based on what's available, but that will, yeah. they're all kind of planned for next month. I don't know if they'll hit next month, but those are like the things the, the, like, you know, irons in the fire for beach house. Uh, yep. Grand Belm is next though. That's the actual yes. next one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, those other ones, like the movie and the volume are shorter, are probably gonna be shorter episodes. So, you know, they yes. might just tuck in around stuff. But uh, if you want to, if you want to watch and read everything we follow, that's what's coming up in the next month. So yes, and then Gurren Lagann will be later in into uh, into September. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that'll be the end of the month. Uh, yes. So yeah, it might not actually come out until. Well, it'll probably be at the end of September. Probably. Yep. Okay. That's that's everything there. Um. Do you want to do any plugs? I never have any. Nick. I never have any plugs. So okay. you guys just do yours. It's fine. All Fair right. Enough. Uh, you can find. Uh oh. You okay? What? <laughs> oh, now I'm gonna sneeze. Oh, fuck. Now I'm not gonna sneeze. <laughs> Good ending. Worst, worst in. of all world. Okay. Oh, God. Uh, I'm at Headfalls Off on Twitter.com. Uh, you can find me there. I'm making stupid posts. You can find the podcast that I do with them at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, go listen to Abnormal Mapping. That's our video game podcast. We have a RPG episode coming out very soon on uh three tokyo rpg factory games <laughs> yeah so we all so played far, one so far reports are not good so no, you have played one and hated it dear has played one and hated it and i am now 
now that I've finished watching 26 episodes of Toku, going to be playing one and hopefully not hating it, question mark? Looking forward to that. Shining hope. Yep. (laughs) Yes, I am your only hope. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. You can support all of our podcasts at patreon.com slash normal mapping. For $1, you get the Great Gundam Project every week. We are watching Tournate Gundam, and we are starting Planetes, which uh, I have to watch today, so I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, We started a new podcast. Uh, It's in the Expert Audio Network, but we're doing Bag End Book Club. We're reading Tolkien books. Uh, We're starting with The Hobbit, and we'll read Lord of the Rings and Silmarillion. You can check that out at exportaud.io, I think, would get you there. I don't remember what the, like, boutique URL is. I'll remember when we have a real episode, but it hasn't happened yet. We just had an episode zero. You can check out. Um, Looking forward to that. So I'm going to suggest exportaud.io slash hobbits. I think I did suggest that, but that, I think it's, it might just be slash bag end book club right now or bag end. Okay. But yes, I did. Su- Autumn was like, I need to, I need to have something more than that. That's easier to remember. And I was like, hobbits. Hobbits. That's what I said. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's everything. Uh, go home. Bye-bye. I hope you're already home, actually. There's a thing on. <laughs> Oh
力で